Welcome to part two of Pastor Tim's message, Where Are the Elijahs? From James chapter 5, 13 through 18. Prayer is powerful, and one of the best examples of that is the example given to us in the book of James. It is a person of Elijah. Let's listen to the conclusion of this powerful message, Where Are the Elijahs? Here's Pastor Tim. So for our purposes, this is just number 10. James gives us a sample of a prevailing prayer. He gives us a sample of a prevailing prayer. See, so not only does he state that, but he also shows us this is something that happens in real life. And so where does he go for his example? He goes where we've been for the last several weeks and months. He goes to Mount Carmel and he goes to Elijah. That same incentive that James offers to his initial readers is the same incentive for you and me to be able to pray the way that Elijah prays, to pray in prevailing prayer, to pray with availing prayer. So let me give you these four things. Number one, concerning the example or the sample. Number one, Elijah's prayers show us that he was human. Elijah's prayers simply show us that he was human. Now, Elijah was an amazing man. I mean, a remarkable man, a standout among, among so many of the Bible's greatest heroes. But he's not a superman. He's a hero, but he's not a superhero. But his life is so incredible that, that you expect him, you know, you expect to find him written about, you know, I mean, he lives a thousand years before the New Testament, so, so you, you expect him to just kind of be in the New Testament. A thousand years later, they're still writing about him. Elijah's not just found in the Old Testament. He is mentioned by name 30 times in the New Testament. And this one's just one. Elijah is an incredible, incredible man. When John the Baptist came, he was said to be like Elijah. When Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? They had to tell him. There's a lot of people who think that you're Elijah. When, those, you know, when he's at the transfiguration and Jesus peels back his glory and they're able to see it, who is it that shows up but Elijah is one of those. At the cross, it's the bystanders that, that hear him saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. And he says, oh, he's calling for Elijah. There's some who believe that Elijah's going to be one of those two special witnesses in the book of Revelation. You start going through those, those mentions of him and you think, well, he must be somebody super special. He is a man with a nature just like ours. Elijah is as human as any person in this room. Elijah is as real as anybody in this room. Were he a superhero, you would expect him not to have the struggles that we have, right? Yet he struggled with some of the very same things, some of the most overwhelming circumstances. Who expects one of God's heroes to struggle with depression? 
Who, who expects some of, one of God's heroes to struggle with the idea of being a failure? Who is it that, that, that thinks that God's heroes are the ones who struggle with where they're going to eat or where they're going to live or any of those kinds of things? Yet Elijah faces those same things that we face, and he faces them the way that you and I should learn to face them. By prayer. Through prayer. Through believing prayer. One of those reasons why we don't have many of the answers that we're looking for. I'm going to give you another reason in a minute, but one of them is because we don't expect it, do we? The Bible says to pray and then look up. What does that mean? It means you pray and then you expect God to do. Elijah's prayers show us that he was human, number two. Elijah's prayers show us that he was humble. If Elijah read his own press, if he saw himself as some kind of spiritual superhero, if he, if he thought that he was the source of his own power, then he would have simply taken that mantle that he had, that, that hood, and he would take it off and just use it like a magic wand. But he doesn't do that, does he? What does your verse say? After it says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, what does it say that he does? It says that he prayed earnestly. He prayed earnestly. You know, there's so many, so many neat little gems in there when you begin to look at what are, what are the words that James actually uses. Since he's not writing in English, and I know this is going to come as a shock. He doesn't write in King James English either. You know, but, but as he's writing it down, what are those words that he's using? The word for prayer, or praying in this case, or prayed, and earnestly is the same word. It's as if James is saying, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed and prayed. Sometimes we pray and we think that it's supposed to be some kind of magic formula. That something's going to be done. Elijah prays and he prays and he prays and he prays. Only a man who is convinced of his own impotence prays to the one who is omnipotent. Only a person who is sure of his inability Praise to the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think. The fact that he prays earnestly, that he prays and he prays and he prays, tells me that this human is also humble. Andrew Murray said it's in prayer where we exchange our natural strength for the supernatural strength of God. Elijah's done that, and you could do that. But I have to tell you that it only happens in humility. If you're walking around saying, well, I want to learn to pray like that because I want the Mount Carmel experience, you need the Brook Cherith experience. You need to know what it's like simply to wait on the Lord. That leads me then to number three. 
Elijah's prayers show us that he was a hearer. A hearer. That Elijah was in touch with God, that he heard from God as he spoke. You can hear from him as he speaks through his word. He says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave its rain. We talked about that a moment ago. Where did he get that idea from? He got it out of the book of Deuteronomy. But God uses his word to impress that on Elijah's own heart, to speak to him. Let me take you back for a moment. In 1 first, in first Kings chapter 17, where we first see Elijah come on the scene, you know, he, he comes up to, a, to Ahab immediately. He says this, he says, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. You know, we read about that. It says, The word of the Lord came to him. He was listening. He was listening. He said, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to hear from the Lord. Sometimes it's because we're not listening. You know, I had to confess to our teenagers on one of these Wednesday nights. You know, Kimberly and I, we, we were expected to make A's. You know, if you made B's, you know, I mean, it's okay, but you kind of know there's a little undercurrent going on there. You make a C and, you know, you're just dead for six weeks. So, you know, I've told you a little bit of this story about bringing home two D's on my report card and what I tried to do with that. But I'm not sure if I ever told you this. One of those D's came in listening. <laughs> I don't think our students understood that we used to get graded for listening. And I made a D in listening. If, um, you know, you might not be the smartest person in the whole world, but dang gone, you can listen. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Well, that's Elijah. He's just listening. I mean, you may not have the spiritual victories that he seems to have. Your life might not be nearly as dramatic. But man, you can listen to the Lord. You can hear from Him. It does not take a seminary degree, a college degree, or a high school diploma. You can hear from God because He speaks to us. I mentioned to you this verse in 1 Kings chapter 17. That's the way that passage opens up. 1 Kings chapter 18, the very next chapter. Guess what's in the very first verse? The word of the Lord came to Elijah. Elijah's listening. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Well, that's you. Listen to his voice. I mentioned to you one of the reasons why I don't think that we have many of our prayers answered. One of those is simply expectation. But I think that there's a greater issue there, a greater reason why we don't have our prayers answered. It's because I don't think that we spend sufficient time getting to know God's will in any matter. We rush to Him when we're burdened. We rush to Him when we have a problem. And we pour out our heart to Him and we say, this is what we want, this is what we need, and God, if you really love me, then you'll do this for me. We've not taken one moment to first ask, God, why did you put me in this in the first place? 
But I can go ahead and tell you, I don't like the hip problem. I don't. But God's up to something. I mean, he's doing something with that. I haven't spent an entire year for just no reason. God's doing something. The question is, Tim, are you still making D's and listening? When you pray, listen to him. We need to pray that things will happen around here that have the unmistakable fingerprint of God. Number four. Elijah's prayers show us that he was a helper. That he was a helper. You say, well, Tim, boy, that was anticlimactic. I was expecting something better than that. Is there really? Maybe that's why when we say to somebody, anything I can do for you? And when they say, just pray for me. And we think, no, I mean, really, can I do something for you? That should be the greatest thing that you can do for them. You're calling on the creator and the sustainer of the universe to act on that person's behalf. Have you ever stopped to think that your prayers being answered is more than just good for you? Your prayers being answered are good for everybody. When God's will is done on the earth as it is in heaven, then everybody is helped by that, even if they don't realize it. We mentioned um, Elijah ministering to the, to the widow woman at Zarephath. Remember that story? There were more widows that needed help, right? We mentioned that when we went through it. But yet God sent him specifically to that widow. It was her oil. It was her, her meal, her flour that did not empty throughout the rest of that drought. When Elijah went, or when Elijah went to do, he helped that one lady. But when Elijah prayed for it to rain... He helped everybody. Every widow was about to have oil. Every widow was about to have flour. Everybody was helped when God's will was done. So why don't we pray like that? To recognize that when I pray and God's will is being done then my church family is affected, my family is affected, my work is affected, the work people I don't even know are affected because God's will is being done and He's showing His glory to us. One man wrote and said, when we depend upon organization, we get what organization can do and that is something. When we depend upon education, we get what education can do. And that is something. When we depend upon money, we get what money can do. And that's something. When we depend upon singing and preaching, we get what singing and preaching can do. And that's something. But when we depend upon prayer, 
we get what God can do. And that's everything. So the question still stands. Where are the Elijahs? Where are the Elijahs? Where are the Elijahs of God? And the question that Elisha asks is easy to answer. Where is, where is the Lord God of Elijah? He's where he's always been. He's on his throne in heaven. Where are the Elijahs? Where are the Elishas? Where is the, where is the man or the woman of God who will stand up and say, God, oh God, I want a double portion of your spirit upon me. And to see that brought out. Where are the Elijahs of Brit David? I'm just wondering if you'll be one. I ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. There's not one thing stopping you today. Not one thing. Except for the verse that Paul writes and he says, Who hindered you? You hindered you. The only thing that hinders us from being the people, men and women and boys and girls of prayer is ourselves. I'm asking you to give it up. To be dependent on Him. To spend time with Him. Where will the Elijahs be in the morning when they wake up? Where will the Elijahs be at 9 o'clock or whatever time it is that somebody has to be at work? Where will the Elijahs be at noontime tomorrow? Where will the Elijahs be when they get home after school and after work? Where will those Elijahs be this week and next week? I think where they are is where God is. Would you ask Him to do something that has His fingerprint on it? To reveal His power and to reveal His glory. Father, Your disciples ask you, teach us to pray. And that's our simple request again tonight. That you would teach us. That we would learn. That we would practice. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand with me where you are. If you want to come to the altar, you can. If I can help you, I want to. Okay? Sean? Such an amazing message. Prayer is productive, passionate, personal, and powerful if we take the time to be fervent in our prayers. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again 
for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.